I want to uh, preach a message tonight that the Lord put on my heart. I, every once in a while, something will happen in the news that I feel led to preach about. And, and uh, those are the greatest messages because they're relevant of what's going on. And uh, we're so blessed to have a church tonight that is multicultural, multiracial, and uh, mixed, and all the other words that you can think of tonight. And I, if you don't know that something happened this week that I want to talk about, and I want to get into the scriptures about it. And uh, just a few days ago, the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, how many have heard the story? And uh, he said some racial things and uh, was caught recorded and um, said some things against blacks. He's white. Uh, this was specific to this event. And uh, then the NBA immediately uh, acted and uh, f- banned him for life from the NBA and pushed that he would sell the team and find him the highest maximum fine they could do, which was $2.5 million, which is probably nothing to him. But uh, it stirred something in, obviously, in the news. And it, it shows us that today, in 2014, we still live in a society of racism. So tonight I want to talk about the sin of racism. Thank you for that one lonely, wonderful amen. Hopefully by the time I finish there will be more amens. All right. Let me give you tonight, and, and if anybody's here, you know, you might say, well, we're in a mixed church. We're not racist. We're, we're, we're all here together. There's nothing here. But how many know there's always things we need to deal with as people? And I want to just get to the, to the root of some things tonight. And don't get uh, something in your crawl tonight thinking that this is a, a, about color. Racism goes way beyond color. And it leads to prejudice. And I just want to quickly, if you're taking notes tonight, um, give you the definition of racism. The belief that all members of each race possess characteristics or abilities specific to that race. That part of the definition I would say is correct. There are certain abilities that you, in a group of people that you can say they have that others don't have so much in, in our minds. But it says especially to distinguish it as inferior or superior to another race or races. There's nothing wrong with embracing culture and embracing the talents of a group of people. But the wrong is when you make it inferior or superior to anybody else. And then it says below that prejudice, discrimination directed against someone of a different race based on the belief, listen, that that race is, again, superior or inferior, which leads to the word prejudice, which means a preconceived opinion. Okay, so this isn't just racism. This is a preconceived opinion of a person that is based, listen, that is not based, I'm sorry, on reason or actual experience. Now that... That, like I said, this goes way beyond a white or black or brown or red or green thing. This goes to a place where we as people judge somebody by what somebody else says, not by own personal experience. And I think that this will help us tonight, lead into a, a lot of really good things tonight. And I want to uh, get you, go ahead and open your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 7, and hold it there for a second. And I want to just share what the Lord's put on my heart. Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for this beautiful congregation that you've given us. I thank you for this Wednesday night service, that beautiful song. I ask that your anointing would be here. 
to anoint my words. That every one of us in this place would learn something tonight. God, that if there be any spirit, Father, of prejudice or racism or anything in our spirits, God, that you would break that tonight. And that we would be the believers and the children of God that you have called us to be, Father. Every demonic force of darkness is bound tonight by the power of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we all say, Amen. As you're in Deuteronomy 7, don't look at it for a second. I want to share a little bit of, of my own personal thoughts and beliefs. Obviously, I'm going to use the Bible, but I believe with all my heart, and you can agree or disagree, racism is taught. You're not born a racist. You're not born to look at a group of people in a different way. And we have the perfect example in our church tonight. I can show you that. If you just look quickly over to this middle, middle section, they're oblivious to what I'm saying. They're busy playing together. You can just look at those two kids right there just having a ball together. Oh, now they caught on. Drawing together. You can put a group of kids of every race in the world together in a floor and they'll play together and they'll grow and they'll never think twice about who they're playing with until some parent says, What are you doing playing with that blank? Whatever color it is. And then, usually, most of the time, still something doesn't happen because they don't know what that means. But as they begin to grow up in a home, or a place, they begin to hear it more and more. And if they begin to hang around with a certain group of people by that race or by that color, they hear it again. Well, what are you doing hanging around with that blank person? Again, they're putting in whatever they're not. And so they begin to learn racism. They begin to learn to differentiate people by color, by culture, by race, and many different things. And so I believe with all my heart that racism is taught. Now, I know I'm going to quote a certain race tonight, but I believe that the words of this quote is powerful and goes beyond any color or any race. And I'm not even going to quote who it is because you would know who it is, so it doesn't matter. But someone had a dream many years ago, and he said that my four children would live in a nation where they would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by what? By the content of their character. So God does not look at us tonight by anything else but our character. Amen? And I'm going to get to that in just a second. But actually, I think I'll get to it right now because I might forget it later. Some people have said, and, and how many know that a lot of things we say in here are good, but then we have to kind of look at a different angle. People will say, well, God is colorblind. Now, there's some truth to that in the fact of what they're trying to say is that God doesn't differentiate from color. But the fact is that that's actually wrong because God isn't colorblind. God made color. It's ridiculous to say God is colorblind because God, it'd be like saying as you look out tonight and you look at the green trees and the brown st stumps and the uh, whatever color ground and a, and a painted house and you just say it's all one color. No, there's colors that differentiate things and God made color. And color is beautiful. Whatever color it is. And so we can't say that God uh, made us a certain way or another way. How we are is how God made us. And let me give you a quick revelation before I get into this that I had many years ago. I thank God I was not raised in a racist home. Thank God for that. I thank God that my parents never told me, as I've brought many different friends from many different races home, they never said those words to me. 
They welcomed my friends, no matter what color, size, age, where they were, where they came from, how much money they didn't or didn't have. They never did that. Matter of fact, they opened up our home, and my mom said, have them over. All the time, we played basketball, we swam. My house was an oasis where I could bring friends to it all the time. And I thank God for parents that taught me that way. Because I know that many of us, maybe some of us have been raised in a different place. And and as you begin to come into this church, you have maybe been forced to learn a little different thing. Amen. Because many of you know God anointed this church right here to break down those barriers in this city. To break down those barriers in this place. That there'd be a church of all colors, all sizes, all races. Amen. Not one or the other. But I remember one time I was at the beach in Costa Rica, and I was just sitting there messing with the sand. I'm not a big beach person. I wasn't out there very long. I like to sit in the room and look at the beach from the hotel room in AC. But I was out there messing with the sand. I remember grabbing a handful of sand, and I was just looking through it. Anybody ever done that? Just grab sand, and I began to look through it, and God showed me something so powerful. He reminded me Of when God said to Abraham, I will make your descendants as the sand on the seashore. And as I'm looking through there, I began to look through this sand and I saw a red piece of sand. And I saw a white piece of sand. And I saw a black piece of sand. And I saw a tan piece of sand. And I saw all different colors of sand. And God said, these are my people. I made you from dust and these are my people. These are the nations of the earth in your hands. Amen. And, and, and I, I already felt that way, but it was a confirmation, amen, that God created that. And it's a powerful thing. Now, if you go to Deuteronomy 7 real quick, I want us to understand tonight that culture and race began. Now, this is a key. This is the key. If you don't get anything out of this whole message, get this. Culture and race, in a bad way, okay, not, not necessarily in the good way, where this began to go off track, happened at the Tower of Babel. Everybody was together. There was no separation. They began to build that tower to reach God in a spirit of rebellion. Okay, if you're taking notes, write that down. Because that's the key to this entire message. The spirit of rebellion. So as they were rebelling, God said, I have to separate you. Okay, and then the Tower of Babel happened. And then all kinds of races and cultures went out of that It was not a thing of separation where God said, I'm going to separate this color and this race and these people. It happened because of a unanimous rebellion against God. Amen? So I began to think to myself. I like to learn to think to myself before I do a message. And I said to myself, what did I remember growing up hearing and listening to? that people would base their prejudice on or base their decisions on. And I began to think, how can I show this to the congregation? How can I show this to you guys? And again, I want to say this again. Feel led to say it. Some of you might be saying, why are you talking about this? Because the Holy Spirit said to. So that's okay. But again, we might say, I wouldn't be here if I didn't agree with this. But I still think there's some root things that we might not have dealt with yet. There may be some still things deep down inside that we've cover up with Christianity or we cover up with our belief, but there might still be some things deep in, inside that we need to deal with. And so I thought to myself, what is, what is maybe the biggest thing that I remember hearing that would cause this separation, that would make somebody think that we couldn't 
all be together. And I remember many times growing up, not doesn't matter who I heard it from, people saying that interracial marriage was wrong. I remember that. You might have heard that. So I thought to myself, I began to say, let's look in the Bible about what interracial marriage is. And let's see what the Bible says about that. And I want to look, you look real quick at Deuteronomy chapter 7. If you're there, verse 1, it says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites, the Jebusites, are seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, watch this, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you, watch this, make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. I'll pause there for a second. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Underline that. So I'll read it one more time. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly, but you shall deal with them. You shall, watch this, destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a treasure, special treasure, above all the people of the faces of the earth. Did anybody see in there anything that had to do with color or race on a merit of prejudice other than what? That they would turn them away from the true God. Notice that. I'm not going to take the time for time to show you other scriptures. Every time God would say in the scriptures, do not marry them. It had nothing to do with their culture as a food they ate, or unless it was the pagan gods, or the color of their skin, or the things they sang. It had to do with their spirit of rebellion against the true living God. How many get that? Can I move forward or I need to stay there for a second? That is why he separated them. That is why he said do not marry them. It was not because we could not intermarry without, or inter, sorry, interracially marry. And that which is what so many people said. Now, how many of you know Moses? Anybody ever heard of Moses in here tonight? I, I heard, last I checked, he was pretty mightily used of God. Go to Numbers chapter 12 real quick. Say amen when you get there. You're going to go back in your Bible to the left. Moses. Now from the pictures I've seen, I've never met Moses. He was pretty white. I think. Pretty white. Had a lot of white hair for sure. Definitely gray, white hair. Amen. But he, we know Moses. We've got this picture in our mind of who Moses is. And something happened that was very interesting. If you're looking at Numbers chapter 12. Moses married an Ethiopian. I don't know if you've been to Ethiopia lately. I've been to the Congo. And when I was in the Congo, I was the only white person I saw the entire... Now, I can can use color because y'all know my heart. I was the only white person in the entire country. When I went up to kids, they stared at me. They just stared. And the 
Pastors told me some of these kids have never seen a white person. So Ethiopia's got a lot of people that aren't white. Yet Moses marries one. Okay? Now watch this. Look at this real quick. Numbers 12. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. Because why? You looking at the Bible? Why did he speak against Moses? Because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. He had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, and twice, stop for a second, twice they said that. Nothing by accident here. For he married an Ethiopian, because he had married an Ethiopian woman, because he would married an Ethiopian woman. Okay, so pretty clear, she was Ethiopian. So they said, has the Lord indeed, now for one second again, let's just say for namesake, it, she wasn't even a different color. But there's definitely here a different race. Okay, racism. So they say, they Verse 2, so they said, has the Lord indeed only spoken through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was humble more than all the men, or the other word is meek, more than all the men on the face of the earth. Watch this. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, the three, get out here. We're fixing to have a meeting. You three come down to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Now, he called the three out, left Moses behind. Hey, you two, front and center. He says, hear my words. This is a very strong rebuke. Hear my words. I, the Lord, make myself known to this man in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so... With my, sorry, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. He is, sorry, I speak to him face to face. Even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you afraid, watch this, not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them. He departed. And when the cloud departed from the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous. As white as snow, and Aaron toward, turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. Do you notice that in this scripture, when things come to a head, they're mad at, at Moses, they're rebelling against Moses because he's married to this woman. God brings all three of them before him, rebukes Miriam and Aaron, and says absolutely nothing about his marriage to the Ethiopian woman. It's not important. It's a non-issue. Amen. The key of the spirit behind racism that the devil has brought out is obvious. The devil wants to divide. That's obvious. It's a spirit of division. He wants to divide us. He wants us to be different. He wants us to not walk together. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Why did the power of God move on the day of Pentecost? Because they were all in one accord, in one place, in one spirit. If we allow the devil to divide us, and again, this goes way beyond race and color. 
If the devil allows us to be divided and causes us to be divided, or we allow the devil to divide us, we will not walk in the anointing of God. We will not walk in the full power of God. We will not see the miracles and the signs and the wonders that I want to see and I know you want to see tonight. And the miracles and the power of God and the this last push of God before he returns. We're not going to see it if we're not walking in unity. And Jesus said very clearly, God said very clearly, the Holy Spirit says very clearly, the key is not what race a person is, but whose God they serve. Would you rather, if you've got this racist, I'm just throwing this out, not saying anybody is, if you have this racist mentality, would you rather your son or daughter marry into some person of the same club or clan as you that is a, a rebellious, horrible, lost person that doesn't know anything about God or somebody who, regardless of what color or race they are, love God with all their heart, fear God with all their heart, serve the Lord with all their heart. I don't care about what those things. What matters to me is that the people I'm around love God and love God only. And the Bible says clearly in 2 Corinthians 6.14 that we're not to be unequally yoked. And so again, that has been used. Well, the Bible says we're not supposed to be unequally yoked. And they somehow make that color or race. Has nothing to do with color or race. Has to do with your spirit. It says in this verse, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Unbelievers. Write this down and I'll say it again at the end. There's only two kind of people on this earth. Believers and unbelievers. Write that down. There's only two kinds of people on this earth. Saved and unsaved. Okay, y'all ain't with me. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with dark? Oh, there it is, pastor. Light and dark. No. Come on. People can do whatever they... Oh, they can twist this word up bad. Amen? Race should be embraced. Really. Culture, food, music, the way we dress. I love when we do our Mission Sunday and the Africans come in with these dresses that they wear and the clothes they wear in their country. I love the color. Can you imagine how boring this world would be if we all dressed the same, all talked the same, all looked the same? It would be a boring, boring world. And God created it this way. He made different kinds of music. He made different styles of music. He made different looks. He made us tall and short, wide and skinny. He made us handsome and ugly. Amen. He made us all these different ways. So the world would be different. How many can say, thank God I'm on the handsome side or the beautiful side tonight. Amen. We're all handsome and beautiful. Praise God. Anything, anybody in God is beautiful. The world would be bland and boring. Peter in the New Testament, quickly as I run through this, in Acts chapter 10, he has his vision. Peter, get up and kill and eat. Watch some key verses if you're taking notes. Acts 10, 34 and 35. Peter opened his mouth and said, watch this. In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, how many nations? But in every nation... Whoever, whoever fears him and works righteousness 
is accepted by him. This is the kind of message that needs to be preached on Capitol Hill. With everybody there. Let me read that again. God shows no partiality. But in every nation, you know who he's partial to? Those who fear him. It's not a color. It's not a race. It's not a size. It's a heart. God loves everybody. But he's partial to those who fear him, it says, and work righteousness, and they are accepted by him. Now watch the difference. God loves everybody, but he doesn't accept everybody. That's that's something you might have to learn. We love everybody, but we understand when it means accept, that means I can't walk with you if we're unequally yoked. Doesn't mean because you're somebody else or you're a different, even religion, I don't talk to you or look at you, I shun you, but we can't be yoked together. We, we don't serve the same God. And that's what God was always afraid of, is that these false gods would come in and, and, and filtrate the spirits and the minds of people. Romans 10, 12 to 13. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. For God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know what's really neat tonight, church? Again, color and race and culture is neat. Embrace it. Don't hate it. Embrace it. You, you, you might be here and you might have been raised in a certain type of way and taught a certain type of way. I'm trying to show you in the Bible, racism is not of God at all. I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself. I won't tolerate it. I won't have it. I will not be a part of it. Now let me throw this out because I'm not sure it's in my notes. I'm a, it might be. Forgot since I did them, amen? But I'm going to throw this out. I have to, you know, the world comes down to each individual person making their choice. When somebody stands up and says, I'm not going to be like that, they make a difference. Don't be, I said this many times in, in discipleship, don't be a chameleon Christian. Don't act a certain way when you're around a certain people and act a different way when you're around a different people. When you quote unquote are with your people don't talk about other people and then when you get with other people you talk like them about your people and back and forth and back and and you know how many get what I'm saying don't be a chameleon be the same person with all people that you are with God be a God person amen don't act like that don't be different everywhere you go be you And choose, I'm not going to be a person of racism. I'm not going to be a person of prejudice. I'm not going to look. There are things to embrace. There are things that different cultures and races have. We can't say that there aren't races. There are. But we must embrace them and understand that we're all one. And I'm going to show you that in a second. Here's the most powerful thing. We all have different color skins. Not just there's different shades of black. There's different shades of white. Different shades of red. There's all different shades and colors of our skin. Because last I checked, that's all we see. That's all we know. We see the color of our skin. 
And so we distinguish that by looking and seeing a different color. And that's just something that happens. But the problem is, is the devil's made it to separate instead of to recognize. Separate instead of recognize. But although we're all different on the outside, we all bleed one color blood. One color blood. Amen? One color. You ever notice that? We all bleed the same color. We're all the same inside. And God created it that way. Listen to what Acts 17, 26 says. He has made us from one blood. Every nation of men who dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. You think there's somebody doing something today that God doesn't know? He knows. He knew we'd be at this place in 2014. He knows. He knew. And he had to have these scriptures to make it clear. Watch it again. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times. Now, I want to finish with this thought. It's not just, I've been saying it the whole message, but it's not just partiality of a race or a color or any of those things. It's how we treat people. The inside of races, there are different groups. And it all comes down to how we treat people. In the book of James, chapter 2, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but many of you might remember this story in the Bible. He talks about how we treat people in church. And he says in James 2, don't treat the man or woman who comes in nicely dressed and has the gold ring on and, and looks nice and is clean and smells good. Don't go and grab them at the door and shake their hand and pull them over and say, hey, here's the, here's the front row seat. Here, make yourself at home. Be comfortable. Don't treat them that way. And then somebody else comes in who's poor or dirty or maybe stinks or looks a certain way that doesn't look like you like and grab them and put them at the back and have them stand back at the back. Oh, they're here, but have them back there. James says, don't do that. You know what that means? That means they were dealing with that problem back then too. It's a never-ending problem. And it's called sin. It's called rebellion. It's called division. But James, sorry, Proverbs 22.2 says, watch this, the rich and the poor have this in common, that the Lord is the maker of them all. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 24, 23 says, These things also belong to the wise. Watch this. These things also belong to the wise. How many want to be wise in here tonight? Let me see if anybody is... I want to be wise. Okay, the answer is, It is not good to show partiality in judgment. In judgment. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. You know what that means? Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Period. James 2.9 says, this is that same chapter I was talking about. He says, but if you show, watch this, I'm going to close it up tonight. If you show partiality, this will shake some of you. You commit sin. It's pretty clear. It's just those three words. I put it in red in my notes. If you show partiality, you commit sin. And are convicted by the law as transgressors. So what he's saying is we know that the Bible says if we try to live by any part of the law for our salvation, 
then we must be held to the entire law. If we try to pick and choose what we're going to do right and wrong, then God's going to hold us to that entire law. We know that we are saved by God's grace and by the blood of Jesus. That's what's made us all one people. And I have to understand that if God forgave me, watch that word, forgive. If God forgave me, then I need to forgive people that have done me wrong. People that have done my family wrong. People that have done my race wrong. My culture wrong. My country wrong. Whatever it is, it's time for people to stop blaming people for stuff that happened hundreds or ten minutes ago or thousands of years ago and start doing what, what did you do to me? What have I done to you? Let's fix this between us right now. We must forgive. We're never going to move forward until we forgive. Amen? I haven't done nothing to your family. Your family hasn't done nothing to my family. It's like if somebody in your family, because you have the name, your last name puts you in a group. And so in that group, you, it would not be fair if in your family somewhere there was a rapist. Let's say your brother was a rapist. Let's just throw that out. You had a brother who was a rapist. Would it be fair that because you had the last name of your brother that everybody considered you and all the people in your family of your name a rapist because your brother was a rapist? How fair is that? Boy, I got quiet in here. That's how we do. We, 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 we call everything bad because somebody of some color or some race or some culture did something to us or we did something to them or vice versa. It's an individual thing, person to person. Until you get that in your spirit, you're not going to make it as an overcomer for God. You must understand that. He says, if you show partiality, I'm not saying that you can't call something sin. Sin is sin. But again, I'm going to say it again. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Has nothing to do with race, color, or culture. I'm going to end with a couple of verses. Matthew 12. I've used this before. 36 and 37. This is going to make the pin drop in the place. See, it already dropped. It's quiet. This is, when I read these scriptures, I said, oh Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Listen. But I say to you that every idle word you speak, they will give account of it. On the day of judgment. Every idle word. For by your words you will be justified. These are Jesus' words. By your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. Let me say that again. Every idle word. You realize that this guy that I'm using an example. I don't know him. It doesn't matter. I'm not beating him down. I'm using it as an example of a situation that happened this week. Do you realize that what he said has cost him everything? Now, you might say, well, he meant it. Well, that's fine. But what he said, he's reaping the consequences now. My thing is, some people have said, now, we've all made mistakes and said something we didn't mean to. It happens all the time in marriage, as a matter of fact. Right, baby? Since no other married couple said yes, none of the 188 years over here said yes or anything, that's maybe why they're silent. Amen. Learn. 
Amen. There we go. Silence. Everything we say is marked down. Everything. And he's reaping the consequences of that. I think if we listen to these verses, it'll make us think before we say something about somebody. My key is we've all made the mistake to say something about somebody. But when something gets said over and over again and over and over again, then it's not a mistake anymore. It's something that's coming out of your heart because the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So again, we all are guilty of making mistakes. We all say something we didn't want to say. Robert gave the perfect example of the offering. He, you know, I, I, I prayer. I didn't want to say that, but f- you know, flesh rose up. Flesh gets the best of us. We say things, and those are things that God can forgive. But you got to understand that if you, what he's talking about here is those idle words of gossip, those idle words of, or not even just words, thoughts towards a person or a people or a group or a situation that are there and here in your heart, and you need to deal with them. There's a root issue. There's a root issue there. Something in that man's life was not dealt with as he grew up. And you would think that he would have got a grip on it when the people he was talking about are the people he employs. Most of the people on that team are the people he's talking about. Don't bring those people to my games. Don't bring those. Don't take pictures with those people. That's idiocracy. He employs them. How are they not going to be at his games? It doesn't even make sense. But you can get to where you're not dealing with your sin issues. And this is just an example. If you're not dealing with your sin issues and my sin issues, it's going to grow to a place where you're going to do or say something that you will never be able to pull back. It's a hard issue. Close with me tonight in the book of Colossians, if you would. Let's go to the authority of the word of God for how we should live with each other. Look around real quick while you're getting. I know it's hard to do two things at once. But as you get to the book of Colossians, look around. And be thankful, whether you like it or not. I'm thankful that we are not all the same color. If you do want to be all the same color, there's plenty of places you can go. I made a decision when I started even our church in Costa Rica. We're going to be a church that's mixed. Because guess what? Guess what? I don't think there's going to be any segregation in heaven. I don't think there's going to be any differences in the groups in heaven. I don't think we're going to be separate. I think we're going to be all together in one place. You better start liking it. Or you don't have to be there. And guess what? There's going to be all these same groups in hell. There's going to be all these groups in hell. There's going to be all these groups in heaven. And nobody's going to be in hell that doesn't want to be there. And no one's going to be in heaven that doesn't want to be there. We make our choices. We choose. I choose tonight to love people. I choose tonight to obey God's word. I'm going to make heaven my home. And God says, I can help you if you listen to me. For, sorry, Colossians chapter 3. Look at this real quick. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which, were, which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. 
Watch this. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead. For you died. Here's the problem. Some of us don't realize this. We've died. You died and your life is hidden in Christ with God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, here's the key. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have, watched this, put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on a new man. Who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, say that for me next somebody. Thank you, Uncle Robert. Slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. But Christ is all. What is this about? Christ. Finishing. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and watch this, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, Oh, even as Christ forgave you, you can do if you want to. So you also must. My Bible has must in italics, slanted to the side. Emphasis. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Resistance, you can come and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in how many bodies? One body. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Watch this. And whatever you do, in word or deed, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Can you say amen? God teaches us how to live. And I believe if you don't deal with it here, I can't even say for sure you're going to get to deal with it in heaven. Let me say that again. If you don't deal with it here, I can't guarantee you're going to get to... Some of you say, well, I'm going to be this way and then I'll fix it when I get to heaven. Well, what if the way you are keeps you from getting to heaven? You, you can't get fixed up there. There's going to be no fixing up there. We'll be fixed. We've got to get fixed here on the earth. And 
I know things have happened to us. I know in this place, things have happened. You've been hurt by somebody. But do not group them all in one group. That was an individual person that did you wrong. And inside our own cultures and colors, we kill each other. So don't blame it on that. It's a sin issue. It's a rebellion issue. It's not a color or culture or race issue. So you choose tonight whether you keep thinking that way or whether you change and embrace the beautiful world that God has made. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Close our eyes.